0: Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in him. I'm Chris Sasser and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, welcome to this week's uh, A Voice of Hope show with Troy Peverall. and Chris Sasser here with um, a good chunk of team. Peverall, I'm here with Troy, as I am uh, every week, uh, here with Ben and Britt, uh, two of his children. And uh, we are having a conversation not about an 80s, sorry, a 90s band. They were in the 90s. I had to look this up to make sure I got it right, and then I got it wrong. Uh, A 90s band, Boys to Men. We're not talking about them, but we are talking about what does it mean uh, for a young man to step into um, really adulthood and, and becoming a man. We had a great conversation on our show last week. I would encourage you, if you didn't hear it, to go back and listen to it. And at the end of our show, we'll tell you where you can go do that. But today we're going to continue that conversation. And so, um, Troy, I, I want you to talk for a minute because I think sometimes um, making this transition from becoming a boy to a man is is difficult for people. And obviously in your counseling, I'm sure you encounter uh, you, you see and you hear a lot of things that that are you know barriers for men taking this step and so as as we're encouraging people uh to think through you know with their kids or even with you know if you're a, a male listening and <laughs> you need to step into this what are some barriers or what are some struggles that you see from people in stepping into this
1: and uh there are many things but the, some of the ones that have come to my mind um Recently, as well as just looking, you know, at this today uh, is just it's hard to see this sometimes. And I think it's because it's crowded out by just the masculine traits, maybe. Um, but I see a lot of men truly still searching. Uh, and I don't know that we ever totally stop, but for their own their identity. Um, but the way in which they search for that identity is in all the wrong places so to speak that have uh, consequences to their life Um, one of the things that i see regularly is trying to find approval uh, from the opposite sex and um, you know this is seen sometimes through uh, the inability to relate or uh, give up in relating or trying to figure out how to relate all the way to uh overperforming or trying to perform only in one manner and a lot of times that's sexual um, and also see searching for identity for men and uh, being performance based and um, you know so another one is you know trying to find pleasure uh, in things that are not in and of themselves wrong but they they serve as distractions uh, and at the same time just to find some kind of uh, excitement in life. And that, again, these are not wrong, but you see that I see this commonly uh, pleasure in the wrong places. One of those is just uh, video gaming and checking out on you know the internet and just not uh, just not into relationships that perhaps need to be you know uh, formed better. and um, then I look at not feeling accepted by God. this is a big one uh, that when it comes to their spiritual, walk, there's just this, this inner feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough. I haven't done what I should. God, God is probably not pleased with me. Um, And so there's just this feeling and it's a false feeling of not being accepted by God. It's a true feeling for them, but it's not an accuracy. And therefore, because they don't feel accepted by God. And sometimes it comes through church hurts or through other Uh, places, um, there's not this approach toward God, uh, just in the sense of feeling inadequate. So when I look at just these ways, I go, you know, this to me spells a big word, detachment. So men are not, they're just not attached to their own lives, but they're detaching from their life uh, and the things that are important in life.
0: So when you encounter uh, a man who is detached from life and they're struggling with kind of trying to figure out their identity, uh, what is it you say to them? Like, what, what's the hope that you offer to them in the midst of that struggle?
1: Um, trusting that God's spirit is using me as a vessel in the work that I do. Um, the thing that I see come out of me a lot of times, and I know this has to be God himself, is encouragement. Um To say the opposite of these things that I've just said, that God is God is for you, that God accepts you where you are, not where you should be, you know, and that's huge. If we don't all start from that place, how do we how do we get started? And so um, to say that to a man um, and for a man to hear that, what I see is it connects with an emotion he has deep inside himself. Um, I remember doing a men's retreat years ago and we uh, just one of the questions we asked a group of men that if you had to lay it all down what is it that you want what is it you dream for and the the answers that they came out with so depicted the picture that men feel like they have not measured up and I and there was there was a lot of emotion shed in that it's like okay when you look at a man we don't t- typically see the emotions of a man, but I promise inside that man, just to, not too far down is, a, is an emotion, an emotion, wanting to connect. And to feel that he matters.
0: And unfortunately, what a lot of of men and, you know, all of us in different ways have done it is we've learned how to just stuff that down and not really deal with it and just kind of be okay Mm. with being detached. I was thinking through, um, you know, Mm. when you were talking about kind of not being accepted by God, just how I try to drive home with me and with, you know, other folks that I talk to, especially men, is how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and if I can embrace that and really honestly believe that and live from that, yeah. I think I have a better shot at, at right. building the identity that God wants me to build, right?
1: Right. And I think it just listened to you say that, you know, my mind goes to this place like there's no condemnation. And if there's probably a voice that's condemning more th- louder than anyone, it's our, ourselves, you know? And so even, especially in religious settings where everything is is about God who is good and perfect, there's such this, okay, aware, like I can say this, but I'm so at the same time aware of my inadequacies, and I, I don't want to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to show that. Yeah. So I cover up these inadequacies, and I definitely highlight God, because it is about God, but God is also for me. And so that's the part where, okay, is he for me if I only behave well and perform well? Right. It if goes so, back to the I'm performance problem.
0: That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I'm yeah. never going to be able to do that. Right. Yeah, so... Man, that's good. Okay, Ben and Brett. So, as you guys kind of have can can reflect on your journey growing up, kind of into you know becoming a man. And if again, if you didn't hear our last episode, I'd encourage you to go back because these two guys told uh, a little bit about their story. But as you guys have done this, what are some things that have been kind of difficult and struggles for you in sort of making that transition?
2: Uh, I think for me, like pers- personally, it's uh, it's distinguishing. You, I mean, you said it a second ago believing a lie about your identity and, and having that identity established and who you are and, and the, and who you want to be rooted in. Um, like for me growing up, uh, within the surf culture, believing what the role of a man was, you know, is completely different than what, uh, you know, the Bible speaks about. And so, uh, you know, having that, the just tenacious spirit to go against the crowd and, and to know like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, do this, that, or the other, you know, we, we can't, you know, sexualize women, or or whatever the the specific example is, you know, drawing your, your identity in that, you know, in your groups of friends, um, and just being vulnerable, I think, like, you know, it's, it it was hard, especially as a teenager, it's hard anytime just to be vulnerable to, to God, and, and allowing him to work in the areas that you need to have healing in. You know, I always, I think, um, you know, one of my favorite movies is uh, goodwill hunting and the, the climax of the whole movie is, you know, when will really comes to, you know, at the end of the movie and breaks down, he had been believing the the lie that he was the cause of, of all of his troubles. And, and Sean, Robin Williams, character is just calls him, calls it out and says, you know, it's, it's not your fault. This is, it's not your fault. And, um, just having that vulnerability and and knowing, hey, look, you know, I'm am a broken person, and um, there's got to be room for for healing. Whatever that looks Did like. Did
0: you feel like you had places as you were growing up where you could say that to people? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and I think again, if you surround yourself with with the right friends, um, fortunately, I had a couple of really good, solid uh, friends that would would kind of walk with me through that and and work work through those areas. Uh, but I saw on, in, on the other side of that you know there's there's when you don't surround yourself with the right people you know it can go down downhill real quick
0: mhm yeah i mean quote that i use all the time when i talk especially to teenagers that i heard you know i don't know 15 years ago from Andy Stanley uh pastor in Atlanta your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life yeah. um and you know that is just so true and and I, when you have those friends that you can be vulnerable with and you can talk about being broken it's a game changer right yeah, absolutely yeah Ben, how about you? What to talk a little bit about your journey and what what were maybe kind of some struggles along the way and in stepping into manhood for you?
3: Yeah. Um, well, so like, I, I I'm trying. I was trying to think like while Brit was answering, I was trying to think of like what's something that I actually like carried for a long period of time, or what's something that like to, was like a work in progress. And and to be honest, and this is not meant to sound like I didn't have struggles or anything, but like I I can't really think of like a specific. Um, Thing related. It's like my own identity or perhaps um, something in my like teenage years that I was trying to define about myself for me my head goes to More so events that took place that forced me Into manhood or forced me to make choices that required for me to grow up Mm -hmm. Um, and so the one that comes to mind is when I was 21 um, my uh, one of my really good friends took his life and so i mean anyone will tell you like like loss is like a slap in the face and you don't really know what you're doing with it especially not when it's your first time and so like um that for me was a whole world changer because um that required the whole process obvious obviously of natural grieving and then the whole process of what do i believe about this spiritually and why did this happen because of course there's a hundred questions that go through your head um this is a family that loves jesus um more than probably anyone I've ever met in my life a family that has gone through hell and back like crazy and and this specific um person was the that was just another loss within that family so it was just like why did, you know the, the always the question why do bad things happen to good people and 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 so for me um there was a lot of time um that had to take place for me to get to different mindsets and so of course in the beginning it's all of the questions it's all of the hurt it's all of the uh the really difficult stuff and then i think as time went on my opinion and the way that i process that as well as how do i take this and move forward with it and be open-minded and help other people with it i think was where my um maturing i guess began to kind of, kind of began to start so you know that was a several years ago so now when i think back it, i'm like well my mind and my my um Awareness towards mental health is so much greater now And so it's something that probably I didn't take too much into account at the time because it's an eye-opening experience and so that was like I, I think that one of those things that was just like hu- Hugely affected the way that I view the way that I Invest in other people in the mental health things that they're going through and, and, and the challenges And I'm just like when you know when I hear these stories now, especially having like experienced it It's like you you empathize with them naturally almost like not even trying to Um, for example, I, I work with nonprofits, um, and one of the ones that I worked with recently is a, um, huge supporter of, um, bettering of mental health. And they do a lot of like physical activity and that kind of thing. And so when I started working with them, I had the opportunity just to have like transparent conversations about it. And it was inspired by like the, um, CEO of the company. He, it was inspired by the loss of his brother, um, and a very, very similar story. And so when, when they were telling me this, I was just like, I can't help it, uh, not explain my story as well. Yeah. You know, it's not even really my story. It's just sure. something that i But it's part yeah. of your journey. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was, that would not have been something I could do in the first yeah. year or two because it takes so much time. And so yeah. I think that for me, the biggest takeaway from that event, um, was just the eye opening experience that this does happen. Yeah. This does take place. And this is something that, um, you know, it, there's just so much that you don't know in the beginning, but you learn as you kind of go along. And when you think back on it after, um, a couple years, your your perspective of it shifts, and I think that there's a um, a way to take those events and, um, like I said, empathize with other people and, yeah. and kind of uh, use it to the advantage, I guess, of um, of, of the of, I don't know, of betterment of them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really no, know no, no, it just sounds like, like for,
0: for you, kind of going through the struggles and through the process. Mm-hmm. And learning how to do that mm-hmm. was just a part of your journey sure. you yeah. in yourself. And, yeah. and you're learning how to use what you're going through yeah. kind of in, in what you're doing now mm-hmm. and in the future. So, and shift yeah. it to a more like
3: outside perspective yeah, that's great. approach.
0: We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to keep having a conversation about how we can continue to help each other and help our kids kind of move from boys to men. you're listening to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell.
4: Hi, this is Kim Peverall with Agape Counseling Associates, and thanks for listening to A Voice of Hope. Our world has changed rapidly this year. With it, our lives are being hijacked by never-ending news feeds, social media alerts, and heightened uncertainty. We're searching for peaceful reprieve. God's Word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Finding peace will open our hearts to feel alive with purpose, to grow, and to thrive. What are your longings, and where do you place your hope? Agape Counseling Associates is a Christian clinical practice of licensed counselors whose lives are rooted in Jesus Christ. We have offices in Wilmington, Jacksonville, and Moorhead City. Through their clinical work, our team shares in the journey of a person's struggle, helping them towards health and restoration. We believe that your life has meaning and choosing help from a counselor is a courageous first step. You know, we're all challenged and we all have stories. The team at Agape is honored to be entrusted with the care of those who are searching for help. You don't have to have faith to come through our doors. In fact, we're honored that you would come just as you are. We're trained and ready to help you find your way back to peace.
0: Welcome back to a voice of hope. We're having a conversation around what does it mean to step uh, kind of from becoming a boy, uh, into being a man I'm here with, uh, Troy Peverall and his sons, uh, Ben and Brett. And so Troy talk for a few minutes. Um, as you reflect back on, as these guys were growing up, what are some ways that you tried to help your boys take these steps that they needed to take into manhood?
1: Well, I, first of all, again, I would just say I had no clue, <laughs> but I also knew who did, and I don't want to. I can't. I can't under. I can't overemphasize that enough. Um, again, I was. I found myself many times thinking, I have no idea what to do here, and so I would go to who did, and I, it's not like I would ever hear God audibly, but you know, He would give me this desire. I, I want to be a better dad. I want to know how to raise a boy, and so. I found a book, actually. It was it was called Raising Boys, and then later when I had a girl, I found a book, Raising Girls, and um, just trying to learn how to do this with a lot of uh, attempts and then, you know, messing it up and trying to keep, you know, stay at it. Um, so just being on a learning curve is okay. We don't know how to do this. Um, so trying to be that and learn is important. Um, I also looked back and was trying to think, okay, I have more memory probably – Of teaching them, not so much directly from what I would say, but I hope, and I think I can look back and go, I think I taught them through modeling myself. And the two words that came are that I I worked hard, and I think they could see that, um, but I also played hard. And I know they can see that if they remember me coaching them. (laughs) So, So I think through just I think they and hope they saw it through me and I believe they did um desiring and praying for them regularly to come to know Jesus was something that uh, I remember and I saw God's movement probably especially when they were in high school um praying for them I would see answers to my prayers for them specifically and they not they would not even necessarily know it Uh, but for me it was a real encouragement wait a minute God really does hear here um here, here. The, uh, the other thing I thought about was a balance between a Kim, my, my wife, as the mother, and then for me, um, she had a real, what I would call hands-on uh, specifically in so many ways, and she still does, and she teaches, and she instructs, and she, you know, she was just all hands-on. Um, I had a little bit more of a hands-off. It doesn't mean I was not involved, but I had this belief that life, they will meet life, and life will help teach them, so I didn't feel this drive as much as she did, Um, and I think there's actually a verse that talks about paying attention to your mother's teachings, (laughs) so I think this was, I think it makes sense to me is that the mom just, she never stops nurturing, Um, but for me, I had faith to believe, especially uh, with my boys, that, you know, they're going to get it. Trial and error might take them there, but they're going to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny that tension because we've talked about this before with our wives in the room and how you know we have kind of that same tension at home where I'm a little bit more hands off with the 16 year old and you know if, if he you know doesn't get the right grades or whatever he's got to learn through that process. But mom's not that way. Yeah, just kind of learning that, how to navigate, yeah. helping him grow into what it means to be a man, um, and you know have different perspectives on that sometimes. So we've we've obviously had to work on that. Okay. So we'll finish up today with, um, Ben, you and Britt talking a little bit about what are some ways that you guys feel like you successfully stepped into manhood, um, through, you know, your own experiences, through what your dad did, kind of anything that comes to mind for you guys.
3: Yeah. Uh, for me it was, um, and this is definitely something that I still absolutely have to apply to my everyday life and I don't ever see this changing really, but, um, the, Acknowledgement of failures, having a success turnaround and realizing the um, that there. I mean, it sounds cheesy to say uh, silver lining to something, but like realizing that in situations that are failures or look like failures or things that don't go the way that I planned, turning that into how do I turn that into success or how do I shift that into um, a goal oriented situation? And, in that, and I would say the goal-oriented side is probably a rel- relatively new development, um, especially with my current job. That's kind of what it's based on is just all sorts of, like, metrics and stuff. And I think that's become an actual mindset within my everyday life of, like, how do I do this thing or how do I accomplish this thing in my life or in my own mental health and make it um, healthy? How, if it's an unhealthy outlook, how do I turn it around? Yeah. And I think that um, that all began with Him probably teaching us, uh, I'm sure Britt can agree with this, but um, failures or in situations where um, I I keep saying failures. It's more so just like
0: setbacks, whatever setbacks. Yeah, Yeah, setbacks
3: Mm -hmm. is a good way to look at it. Um, How those can have a brighter outcome. And if you can't see it right now, how do you take the steps to discover what that is? Um, And I think that definitely applies in faith situations, too. Um, especially in situations where there's a um, something perhaps that I, I don't understand about the Lord or that I'm trying to understand um, because my dad will tell you that I'll ask all sorts of big questions like that <laughs> <laughs> in, in scenarios where I, uh, I ask the hard and the big questions that really do come across my mind. And sometimes there's not really a direct answer that I can come to or that he or someone can give me, but there are stepping stones to getting to that mindset or getting to that understanding. Yeah, it's part of the process, so, right? Yeah, part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's good. Brett, what about you? What are some ways you feel like you've been able to successfully step into it?
2: Um, like two things come to mind. Uh, one is for me, like I think later in my teenage years, uh, I, I found a, like a really good author, uh, Christian author, that I just I started reading his books and later on listening to his podcast. Shout out John Eldridge, um, Wild at Heart. <laughs> wild at Heart, yeah, and, and and all the many books he's written. But um, but something like that where like you know I could I could. Uh, take things out of his book and or books and tangibly apply them to my lives and or to my life. And, um, really, you know, that, that kind of helped provide a solid foundation, uh, and, some, some practical ways that I could, uh, help myself through, through manhood in that sense. Uh, another would be just like learning to, to try hard, like really push yourself to the edge and try hard. So like, so I, I always think of like basketball, like early high school days, um, and Dad could vote vouch for this. Like I, I say this with humility, but I was probably more the one of the more talented people uh, on the team, mm-hmm. and but my effort I, it would come in spurts. So I would get out there and I would I would rule the court, but it wasn't very long lasting, and it wasn't because it was me. Like I was on, not in good condition, but I just that desire just, you know, I just yeah, didn't feel the drive like, Just yeah, the drive just kind of left and he, it would make him crazy. He, you know, he'd be yelling in the games and, and, you know, the, the coach would put me on the bench because like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give uh, the full effort, but like from a skill perspective, I was, I was top of the line. Yeah. Um, but like having that mentality, like through, <laughs> through, through life, you got to just like, push yourself to the point of, of being uncomfortable and being okay with being uncomfortable, whatever the situation is.
0: Yeah, so you just learned how to do that, and right? And it, was, and it sounds like with you know the the stuff you started reading, you, you kind of became a, a learner, exactly. And you you learned how to grow.
2: You have to remain coachable, like yeah. in every aspect.
0: Yeah, that's always. good. I would love to have seen your dad in the stands, crazy basketball. Oh man, day, I was right? I was the dad. You were the guy. I was huh? getting on everybody's nerves. I was <laughs> the unteachable
1: one. I really was. I heard that one a lot. You're so uh, unteachable. They were, they were incredible athletes, but dad would be losing his mind, pulling out his hair because they had so much to give. And yeah,
0: I know start. that feeling yeah. well. I do well. Troy, I haven't known these guys very long, but for what I do know, they, they have stepped into manhood well, it seems. And so uh, thank you guys so much for joining us and giving us some wisdom. Again, if you didn't hear the last episode, go back, listen to um, last week's show where we began to start talking about what does it mean to step in, into manhood as a boy. Uh, You can go to agape-counseling.org or equipandencourage.com to hear those episodes. And so we hope today has been an encouragement for you and that you have um, heard a voice of hope. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.